Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tennis Fanalist Podcast on your Tuesday morning. I'm Marcus Ali. I'm going to be hosting today and joined by Michael Gillett, as always, the expert down by the South Coast. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing very well, thank you. Still locked in my house. Six more days to go of being indoors. Uh, and yeah, and the weather's looking like it's going to be horrible by the time I get out. That's brilliant. Uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Fair few complications <laughs> on this side of the Tennis Fanalist podcast, but you know, all the same, all the same excitement for another exciting week on the ATP Tour. So to kick off the pod, we're going to be giving our reaction to the second tournament in Cologne last week and the European Open in Antwerp. Both had quite exciting climaxes um, on, on Sunday. And to start off in Germany, it was Sasha Zverev retaining the title that, um, well, <laughs> winning two weeks in a row in Cologne. He, he said after the match he wished he could play every week on the tour in Germany. Um, but it was an impressive um, title for Zverev despite only being at 250 level you know we've seen Zverev get to a Grand Slam final in the last last month or so but still um, you know building his confidence up this is a this is a level of the tour that we've seen um, Zverev sort of fluff his lines quite consistently quite consistently really you know he has uh, gone off the boil a little bit I'd say since um, winning that eye-catching ATP for uh, ATP finals title in 2018 um, he beat Sinner in the semi-final after losing to the Italian in the French Open. So he got his own back there. Quite a straightforward win and then went on to beat Diego Schwartzman in the final. The Argentinian played out a bit of a classic, I'd have to say, at uh, 250 level with Felix Auger-Aliassime in the semi-final, but just about got over the line after an enthralling last couple of sets. Um, Tozorov is the champion once again, you know, um, new Quite a new top 10 player in Diego Schwartzman getting to the final on a hard court, so proving he's still in, still in some very good form after suffering an early scare in the tournament to Alejandro Davidovich Fakina or ADF um, in, in Cologne. So, what did you make of it? You know, it's a lot of kudos for Verev, and um, hopefully, he can kick on after these successful two weeks. Yeah, even though it's only a 250 level, I think these two wins uh, could be massive for Zverev because I think after he lost that uh, US Open final against team when he was two sets up uh, looking ready to win his first Grand Slam and, and then he lost it, I think there was always the danger that that could have a huge impact on him and he, he was just going to go on a really terrible run losing first, second rounds to players ranked sort of 50 or 60-odd Um and I think that's what I thought would happen, to be honest. So I think I did think that Zverev now was going to have a stinker of a last few months of the year. But um, I think he's done really well, to, not just to win the first title, but to come and back it up this week. Um, you know, you went for, for John Millman to beat him in, in the first match of this tournament, uh, his first match. And I think I completely understood why you went for that. I think Zverev quite often... Um, has maybe lacked consistency here and there, especially over the last two years. Um, so I think getting these two wins are going to be massive for his confidence. I do think, um, I think you said just now that he said after the match uh, that he wishes he could play in Germany every week on the tour. I think that 
that's quite a negative thing to say, I think. I think that um, it almost indicates that he's quite happy in his comfort zone playing in his in his home tournament uh, at 250 level, being top seed. I, I don't know, maybe I'm reading into that a little bit too much. Maybe you just sort of meant it from a patriotic point of view. Um, but I don't know, I think that that um, it's a shame that I personally think it's a shame that he said that because I think we, we really want to see him taking that next big step and really solidifying himself as a as a top, top player. I know he's he's been up there a while now, but we'd like to see him winning more Masters and, and hopefully his first Grand Slam uh, in the future. I'm going on to Diego Schwartzman. Brilliant week from him. Um, amazing French Open for him, but I think that was not expected, but a bit more expected in the sense that He's a guy who's got a brilliant record at the French anyway. Um, gave Nadal that really good match a few years back on on a year where Nadal just cruised it uh, through the whole tournament. And, and so that was maybe a little bit more expected for him to do well at the French. I wasn't expecting him to make uh, the final of an indoor tournament. I think um, he's been a bit more suited to the clay. He's quite small, we've said before, I think five seven five eight, And I think... That's quite a disadvantage on a, an indoor court, I think, because it's a lot of it's about power and speed. And uh, Zverev, for someone, his height does have a lot of power, but he hasn't quite got that that natural physique to uh, to, to cope with it as normal. But um, yeah, fantastic week for him. I think he'll be very pleased with getting to the final. Um, but of course, just good win, just good win for Zverev, um, and and also a decent week for Auger-Aliassime. I think it was it was a bit of a disappointing final from him the week before against Zverev, and I think there was, like I said, with Zverev after the U.S. Open, there was always the danger that he might um, maybe just have a couple of bad results off of that disappointment. But uh, he, he played well this week, gave Schwartzman a, a really good match. So um, yeah, I think there were some some really good performances in Cologne this week. Yeah, good vibes for quite a few young players. And just back onto those uh, Zverev comments, I definitely think maybe not um, showing um, like what you said, just disappointing being a, it uh, feels a little bit narrow-minded maybe. He wants to stay in his comfort zone. But I think it definitely demonstrates a, a hit in his confidence um, for him to enjoy coming back to, on home soil so much. It must feel, he must feel like, you know, he, he hasn't had the success away from Germany. Definitely, definitely more recently anyway. So, um, hopefully coming home and winning these two titles can help rebuild that. You know, uh, it's quite natural, I imagine, you know, losing your first Grand Slam final and then going out to a 19-year-old in the, in the French Open, an excellent 19-year-old in that. However, it was a, probably a disappointing tournament for him for him on the whole. So, um, yeah, we look forward to, to how Zverev fares um, moving on towards the end of the season. But the second tournament that went on last week and sadly... There was not a third consecutive British winner of the European Open in Antwerp. Um, Hugo Humbert, the French player, won the tournament and he rode his luck to get there. Um, he beat Dan Evans in the semi-final in three sets. And there was also another um, entertaining three-setter in the other semi-finals. Alex Dimonor beat Grigor Dimitrov. But Hugo Humbert, too much for the Australian Dimonor in the final. But the main match that we want to look into is Hugo Humbert versus Daniel Evans for now. Obviously, a very impressive win from the Frenchman and the tournament as a whole. Um, when we spoke in our last, last episode, I mentioned that I just thought 
uh, being in the low 30s in the rankings was definitely too low for him. Uh, definitely a player who can um, yeah, prove himself a lot higher up than that. But of course, he definitely, yeah, as I said, rode his luck against Evans in the semi-final, managed to save four match points in the second set. And um, I mentioned in the last episode that I thought Evans possibly didn't have it mentally in the big moments to produce his best game. I'm not saying that that proved me right, but it is a real gutter for Dan Evans, you know, that close to a main tour final and possibly he would have gone into that final as favourite as well. Um, So, yeah, what did you make of the match? And, um, yeah, the the blow for, for Britain's Dan Evans. Yeah, a good win for Umber, but massively devastating for, for Dan Evans. Um, I think, though he's already been in two ATP finals before, I think this really represented possibly the best chance he's ever had at winning a, a title. Um, because, it, you know, you have good players in Umber, um, Dumanur, and uh, I think it was Dimitrov. Um, you know, it's all, all good players, but I think when you look at that, any any one of them could have won it, and I think Evans uh, would be really really disappointed to to lose that match. He had, um, four, as you say, four match points. Two were on his own serve. Um, so really really disappointing for him. Um, but you know he is playing the best tennis of his career at the age of thirty. So I think he's just going to show some mental toughness now. Do sort of what Zverev and, and Felix have done in the last couple of weeks, and just kind of come off the back of a disappointing loss, but with, with some some good form. I know he's playing this week. Uh, I believe that is in Vienna. Um, so you know he's just really got a. He, he's playing um, Alias Bedene, um in the first round of Vienna. So that is is a match that you'd expect Dan Evans to win. It's a tough match. Um, but I'm actually expecting him to win. So I think he's really just got to show um, some grit and mental toughness to, to get through that and show that that, that devastating loss to him there isn't going to get the better of him. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of Umber, a r- really good win for him. Uh, now up to 32 in the rankings. Um, has looked decent, uh, just going through his record now, has looked decent from the, the restart of the year. Uh, got a win over Medvedev a couple of weeks ago at Hamburg uh, before taking Kasper Ruud on the clay to a really, really tight match. So he's shining and he's got it on, on a variety of surfaces. Um, narrow three sets, lost to Rublev at St. Petersburg, who obviously went on to win it. So, um, yeah, re- really, really impressive stuff from him there um, and to go on in the final and, and beat Di Manure in the fashion that he did uh, 6-1 in the first set really comfortable for him Di Manure being a, a higher ranked player so you might have said that Di Manure was the favourite to win that match but um, yeah re- really really good for him but I think also a, a good week for Di Manure, uh being seeded 8th absolutely thrashing Marcos Giron in the quarter who, who had just come off the back of the win over Goffin uh, beating Grigor Dimitrov, who was playing really well in the semi. So, um, yeah, good week for, for Alex Dimonor. Uh But also, yeah, more impressively, uh, Ugo and Bear to win that tournament. But I think Dan Edmonds will be feeling that it's one that got away a little bit. An added nugget on um, Dan Evans' fortunes this week, just to add before we move on to our picks and predictions for the week ahead is that the draw has opened up for him a little bit with the early casualty of Denis Shapovalov 
in Vienna going out to Yuri Rodionov means that that's that's who um, that's who Evans could face in in the second round should he get past Bedene, which of course we expect him to. And you know he could hopefully make a a deep run at um, at this at an ATP 500 now. Um, so yeah. Uh, we got Nasultan in Kazakhstan, and the uh, that'll be a 250 tournament, and um, the 500 in Vienna to preview next. So to kick off the previews and predi- predictions section of the pod, we're going to start in Austria, in Vienna. Um, couple of big players in this one well more than a couple you'd have to say with Djokovic and Dominic team the top two seeds I'm just going to run through my four quarterfinals as will Michael and then we'll see what differences we have and you can uh, you can check out our our picks on tennisdrawchallenge.com and um, see how we get on throughout the week so at the top of the draw I've got Novak Djokovic and I've got him to face Hubert Herkash in the quarterfinal then I have I did have Denis Shapovalov, who actually lost in the first round yesterday, against Karen Hatchinov, who coming off a decent week in, in Antwerp last week, losing controversially to Evans in the quarterfinal, of course. Then I have Pablo Carreno Busta, one of the players doing very well after lockdown, versus Daniil Medvedev. And lastly, Andrei Rublev versus Dominic Team. Yep, well, um, as we spoke about yesterday, or Messenger, uh, I've got exactly the same. There's only three differences in, in the whole draw. Uh, so those quarterfinals, I won't go through them again. I've got exactly the same. Uh, the only real big difference was the, the Hatchinov-Shapovalov uh, quarterfinal, which I had Shapovalov to win, and Marcus has Hatchinov, but Shapovalov obviously going out to Rodinov. So um, that is advantage Marcus in, in that part of the draw. Um, but, but yeah, I think... Uh, after that, we've, we've pretty much got exactly the same. Uh, we've both gone for Djokovic to beat Andre Rublev in the final. Uh, so putting team to go out in the third round to Rublev, um, despite being on, on home soil. Yeah, well, great minds think alike, I'd have to say there. Um, yeah, maybe may a, a little shock having Rublev to go ahead of ahead of team and beat him in the quarterfinal. But in current form, I have to say, yeah, it's a... It's a fair punt and I, I fully expect that to happen. You know, Rublev is on fire at the moment. Uh, but moving on to the lower-ranked tournament in uh, Sultan, it was definitely an interesting draw with a very out of Nick Benoit Pair being the top seed for this event. Um, I know that both of us had Pair to go out in, in the first round. So to run through my, um, my quarterfinals, sadly there's a couple of players that have already gone out as well. I had Cameron Norrie to face Mikhail Kukushkin, the home favourite in the um, in, in, in the top quarter final. However, he's already gone out to Jordan Thompson in the first round. So I've just got uh, Kukushkin in my selection there. Then I've got Adrian Manorino versus Alexander Bublik, another Kazakhstani player in, in the second quarter final. And then in the bottom half of the draw, I've got Tommy Paul versus John Millman and I did have Tennis Sangren, who's now lost to Yuri Vesely. I actually did have Sangren to win the tournament and then backtracked a little and ended up going for Francis Tiafo to win the tournament. And he 
um, is who I had to face, uh, Sangren, in that bottom tournament. I've got Francis TFO to beat Alexander Bublik in the final. Um, you know, this, this draw is, is really wide open. It's very hard to predict. Um, a lot of players of a sort of similar rank in the sort of outside the top 40. Um, so, yeah, I've gone for TFO in, in this one and uh, Bublik to reach the final too. Two interesting young players with uh, very uh, unpredictable styles. Public likes an underarm serve and some tweeners and things like that. And TFO, obviously, an excellent athlete on court. So there could be some entertaining matches in this one. How do your quarters line up? I think this is a really interesting one because you've actually picked the top and the second seed to go out, uh, to both go out in their first matches, that being Benoit Pair to lose to Kukuskin. Uh, and Kekmanovic to lose to TFO. I've done the same thing with Benoit Pair. I've got Kekmanovic just to go one round further. Uh, so it's really a wide open tournament. Um, I think the only thing we've done similarly is we put Bublik to the final. Um, in his home country, even though Tennis Jewel Challenge flies the Russian flag next to his name, I believe Bublik is a Kazakhstani. Um, so my quarterfinals, uh, like you, I had Kukushkin to beat Kamnori, but I'm benefiting from that Kamnori exit because I have Kukushkin to win that uh, quarterfinal, whereas I think you had Nori. Um, second one down, Adrian Manorino against uh, Alexander Bublik. Um, then I got Tommy Paul against John Millman in the second quarterfinal. And then in the last quarterfinal, I've got Lloyd Harris against uh, Kek Manovic, and this is a huge one because I've actually picked uh, Harris to win the whole tournament. I've got, I had TFO to go out in the first round. Uh, he did beat Mute. Um, but yeah, very, very interesting. Harris, it is important to mention, is in his first round match as we speak, and he's locked in a third deciding set. So that could have a big impact on, on how this one goes. But I went for Lloyd Harris to win, just because he's looked in very good form recently. Um, qualifying for the European Open last week, didn't drop a set in four matches, then went out to the eventual winner and bear. Uh, looked good in Cologne as well, straight sets win over Kyle Edmund and Steve Johnson before taking Zverev, uh, the, the eventual winner as we know, uh, to three sets. Um, and he qualified for that tournament as well. So he's actually, he's eight wins and two defeats in, in the last, in his last 10 matches. So I, I just really fancy him by form and I just think looking at the draw there's, there's so many players that could win this tournament he for me is just the the most informed one to go on and win it Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely ready to be proved wrong yeah no I, I take your point it was hard to to select an outright winner um, I can't provide such insight on my um, Francis TFO punt more of just a gut instinct you know a player with ability that is definitely above his ranking down in the uh, 64th um, but yeah, no, Lloyd Harris has come back after lockdown on, on some good form. So if he can get through this tough first round match against Igor Gerasimov, who's a tricky player on a hard surface, you know, took uh, Felix or Jaliasin to a, a tricky deciding set in, in Cologne last week um, and has also made an ATP Tour final this year. So yeah, Lloyd Harris, a good good young player. And um, yeah, if he, gets, if he can dig in and get through this, he can definitely contend to, uh, for the title. Um, but now just to move into the last section of this episode, and that will be Guess the Player. Love 
So let's draw our attention away from the Lloyd Harris versus Igor Garasimov uh, gargantuan encounter. And on to guess the player. Five clues. Um, yeah. Let's see how you get on. The first clue is that this player is 27 years old, so very much in his peak as a tennis professional. Okay, 27 years old. Um, we'll go for Dominic Team. Good guess, but no cigar. The second clue is um, quite detailed, but it'd be an absolute screamer if you, uh, if you know this and you can recall this. He's won one ATP Tour title. It was in Istanbul in 2018, and he beat Malek Jaziri in the final. Won one tour title, Istanbul 2018, beating Tunisia's Malek Jaziri in the final. Okay, Istanbul is played on clay? Yeah, I think it's played on clay. Um, that would make sense if Malik Jaziri got to the final. If that's his only ATP Tour title, so he's not going to be a hugely ranked player. Uh, could be Duzan Lajevic. It's a good guess, but um, it's, it's not Duzan Lajevic. Uh, probably, maybe had one or two titles more recently. I don't know. Yeah, probably. Um, the third clue is quite vague. So I'm going to bring in a recent result alongside it. Um, so the, the clue is that he's born in the United States of America, but does not represent that country in, in tennis. Um, my clue is also very vague. He's playing in, in Germany this week in a, in a challenger event, and he's about to face Maximilian Martyret in, in the second round. Oh, funnily enough, I happen to be looking at who Maximilian Martra was playing today. So I know, I, yeah, I have no idea who it is. Um, born in the US, but doesn't represent them. So, see, normally it's the other way around. You have quite a few players, especially Canada. You have a lot of players that represent Canada that weren't born out there in, in terms of Milos Raonic. Um, I don't know if Shapovalov was born out there, but I'm, I'm assuming not. Um, but that way around is a bit what about um, you could try a Japanese player 27 years old Yoshihito Nishioka I like the uh, I like the guess but it's, it's not Nishioka um, yeah quite a relevant player at the moment Nishioka fighting his way into the quarterfinal stages last 16 stages the most most 250s and events he's been playing. Um, so it's not Nishioka. The next clue is that, as um, similar to the last guest to player, this guy is outside the top 100 currently. Um, he's currently world number 122. Not that that narrows it down. But I had Ivo Karlovic last week, so enjoy yourself. World number 122. I think I think it's a little bit unfair. I think Ivo Karlovic, you know, went 18 titles, had been 14 in the world. I think there's a there's a bit more detail there than one ATP title against Manek Jaziri. Um, this is really hard. You've been very harsh on me this week. Um, okay. 
Um, I'm going to forget about the being ball in the US thing because I, I just wouldn't know. It could be any player. Um, so if they won, they would have won the title when they were 25. So potentially a player that maybe was coming up looking fairly promising but didn't really hit their heights. Um, um, nah, he's won, he's won more titles. I think he's got a title this year. Uh, and he's ranked higher than one, two, two. Um, well, let's go for now. He's older than that. Um, yeah, you've, you've really. I, I just don't know. I'm just going to have to throw a wild guess in there. And if he's, play, he's playing a challenger in Germany week this week against Malta, so let's think the sort of player Martina would play. Um, let I'm, I'll, I'll throw just a wild one in there. Um, Tabana. I, I know he's never won a title. Carlos Tabana. Decent young man. Yeah. Um, but sadly, no, that's not the correct answer. For the fifth and final clue, I'm going to help you out and say that you were down the right line um, with your guess of no- Yoshihito Nishioka because this player is, well, yeah, born in the USA, as I've said, but represents Japan. Okay. So, right, so Yuchi Sagita is not going to be 27. And Tats- Tatsu Rito, I don't know if he's a thing anymore. Um, if it can't be either of them, not Nishioka. Maybe Sagita is 27. I think he's probably won a title. In fact, I, I think I vaguely remember winning him a, a title. 122 would maybe be ranked about right. I can't think of any other Japanese players. Obviously, it's not Nishikori. Um, I think there's that San... Oh, that Santalan. But I don't think Santalan has won an ATP tour title. And I don't know if he's ranked that high. Yuji Sagita is surely not 27. But that's all I'm left with. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say... Yuchi Sagita. It's a great guess, mate. And uh, I have to hold my hands up. This has been a harsh guess the player. Yuchi Sagita is 32. But he's got one tour. Yeah. So you were right with that one. Um, you won Antalya in 2017. Oh, I was literally, I was literally so close. What other, I can't think of it is. He's a player yet to hit the heights that maybe some expected of him after that. Give me, give me one more clue. Give me, give me one more clue. One more clue. Yeah. Okay, let's do it then. His surname is a common boy's name in the UK. Right. That's <laughs> that's the final boat. Tom, James, Marcus, Michael, Ben. <laughs> mm, um. Oh, I've got it. I've got it. Again, it surprises me that he's 27, but it's Taro Daniel. Correct, yep. Taro Daniel of Japan, a one-time ATP Tour main uh, title winner. And that, is, that is the harshest guest of player yet, 100%. Ivo Karlovic was... It was hard, but 
you, you have the resources to get it. The, how on earth was I going to get Taro Daniel? <laughs> yeah, it was going to be a plucking a Japanese player out of thin air sort of stab that would have got you that. Um, but yeah, maybe we'll have to rein in the uh, harshness of the, <laughs> the guesser players for a little while. But um, this week, um, in in this episode, Taro Daniel is your man. So just to just to finish off the episode, you know, we'll be here um, towards the end of the week to look ahead to the closing exchanges in Kazakhstan and Austria. Thanks very much for joining me, Michael. Thank you very much. I'm now going to go and, uh, even though I've got a lecture in 10 minutes, but there's a very, very tense 10 to Harris Gerasimov. It's 5-4 Gerasimov with serve third set. And this has a, a big impact on my prediction, so I'm going to have one eye on that. Yeah, thank you for uh, having me and I'll I'll see you later in the week. Awesome. Thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your week.